Hi everyone, it's Nora and the Hammies back for another episode and I'm so sorry for not uploading another episode sooner but in this episode I will be sharing a lot of content. So to start off I have some sad news but after that I'll get into some more content based information which I'll talk about in a second. But first of all the sad news, so on May 5th Pal Pal passed away. And then just four days later, on May 9th, Coco passed away. And then on June 1st, Peanut passed away. So Cinnamon is still here, first of all. And he's doing very, very well. Um, yeah, he's um, doing great. And he is moved to a different location, which I'll get to in a minute. But first, I'm going to talk about the losses of um, the other hamsters. So, they were not related to one another, first of all. The reason why it was so quick and in such quick succession was because the girls, first of all, were very, 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 very old. A hamster on average lives a year and a half to two years. Now, if you take really good care of them, and honestly, some of it is just luck in general, just because your hamster doesn't live super, super long doesn't mean that you were a bad hamster owner at all but this in this case the girls were pow pow was two years and about four months because i got her in february of 2020 from a pet store which means she was likely born in january of 2020 so that means and she died in may so she was around two years and four months peanut died in june She was around two years and five months because they were twins. And then Coco was a year and nine months. So both the girls were way past the average lifespan and Coco was right in the middle of it. So he lived the average life span of a hamster. But what happened was that, I'll start off with Pow Pow. On Sunday, May 2nd, three days, or no, sorry. Yeah, three days before she passed away. No, Sunday, May 1st, I apologize. On Sunday, May 1st, four days before she passed away, she was very ill. And I could tell it was her past few, her last few days because she had been looking weak and had lost a lot of weight for some time before that. But I passed it off as, oh, you know, I think that, you know, she's getting older. But of course, I wanted to make sure that she was okay. So I did change her diet. I added more protein. I gave her scrambled eggs, which all the hamsters loved. And I also was, you know, checking on her more frequently, giving her more water. And she was still like resuming all normal activity. She was coming out. I was holding her. I was petting her. She was happy. She was doing 100% fine. And so I wasn't very worried. But she was had lost a significant amount of weight and didn't seem to be gaining it even with the new diet so i decided it was time to make a vet appointment so the vet appointment was for may 2nd sorry may 7th that saturday two days after she passed away and when i first started noticing that she was clearly at the last few days of her life because it was that was on May 1st I knew that there was not much to do 
Yes, I could have made another vet appointment for sooner, but I didn't do that because I realized she was a very old hamster. So if she's dying, it's she, first of all, her symptoms made me realize that the most a vet could do was prescribe a treatment that might you know, just draw her life out, which would be what I wanted, but not what would be best for her. And I decided that in order for her to be the happiest, I didn't want her to go through any pain. I didn't want her to be getting medicine to help her stay and live life but it wouldn't be the best quality of life so I decided not to do that and also taking her to the vet removing her from her house just seemed like a very bad idea and didn't seem like it would help and in fact it'd probably just make her worse and she would die sooner but I did however decide to keep that vet appointment for that Saturday in case she was still here and if I kept that appointment and I take her in then the vet would either put her down if she was in pain or just say that there was not much to do but unfortunately pow pow did pass away we buried her and made a little gravestone for her in our backyard where we have a beautiful magnolia tree and peanut and cocoa are there as well so now they can all kind of be returned to the earth and that's why we chose that spot so it's a very, very sad loss. Pal Pal was a sweet hamster. She was every, in every way, she was the opposite of what everyone says a winter white hamster should be. She wasn't uh, aggressive. Of course she did nibble and she was aggressive towards Peanut, but she was also a big sweetheart. So losing her is very, very hard. And then when Coco passed away just four days later, he was very sudden. For maybe three days, I noticed that he didn't seem to be running on his wheel. And one of his eyes looked like it was shut. But he wasn't as old as the girls, though he was old. So I thought, you know, he's still eating and drinking. Maybe he's just a little bit sick. But if I make a vet appointment, then like there'll be a medication or something and that'll just be to treat him and he'll get better but before I could even do that he passed away so that was very sudden and then the loss of peanut just two days ago was because was also very sudden and also due to old age she passed very very peacefully just in her sleep how power worried might have had a I mean Coco might have had a tumor because he did have a lump that I noticed when I noticed he was about to die but Again, at that point, he was, he passed away then two days later or a day later. So I didn't even get a chance. And that was very, very sad. But I'm not sure there's much the vet could have done. Generally with hamsters, if you notice your hamster sick, of course, it's a good idea to take them into the vet. But I was worried because it's not like they're little. They're not young hamsters. Two years or a year, nine months or two and a half years may seem very young but in a hamster's life that's between 80 and 100 years old it's like um it's a decision you have to make whether you want to take them to the vet and risk that it'll scare them cause them extra stress when the vet won't be able to do anything and weigh that with alternative that there might be a small possibility that the vet could do something 
but they wouldn't be living the best quality of life or there's a chance that they wouldn't be so that's the decision I made it's up to you and your family as a hamster caretaker what to do that's the decision I made and with peanut she was definitely slowing down just not in a very bad way just like I noticed she wasn't going as fast on her wheel wasn't going as often um just due to her getting older but then she did pass peacefully in her sleep so uh, away moving away from that cinnamon is doing well we are going away for the summer so we moved him upstairs because that way the basement is free if we have guesting or whatever so he's now on the upstairs level and he gets he's definitely getting used to having hearing all the footsteps and hearing people and all the noises so that's an adjustment for him but he does not seem particularly scared or stressed just a bit confused but he's doing really well and now the last thing i'm going to touch on is how to deal with grief whether it's losing a hamster or another beloved pet or even another human being or if just something really sad happened in your life so dealing with grief can be very hard losing my hamsters was extremely hard and I think the most important thing to remember is that you don't have to pretend to be fine you don't have to be fine you can be grieving you can be sad But then you can also reach a point where you're able to remember the happy times and the good memories that you have of your pet or your loved one before you become, before you let it overtake your whole entire life. So it's natural to cry. It's also natural not to cry. There's not any bad reaction necessarily or wrong reaction, I should say. But there's definitely things you can do to help. Sometimes what I do is I look at pictures and videos of my hamsters because that helps me remember all my, like, memories of them. For some people, that might make it worse, and I understand that. For me, that helps. Another thing I do is I talk about it to someone else who knew the, hams- who knew the hamsters, talk about what I miss about in them, but also what I love about them. And then another thing is I, um, my sister drew these really, really nice pictures of them about a year ago and they hang up on my wall. So whether you want to draw a picture or you want to print one out, sometimes having a physical copy of a picture to hold and hang above your bed or something is a really nice thing to do when you miss someone because it can remind you of them. And every night when I go to bed, then I see them. So that's something I love to do. So these are just some tips, but the main thing is there's no getting better necessarily, or there is getting better, sorry, but you don't need to be fixed. You don't need to, none of that because like how you deal with grief, at least this is my point of view, it's different with everybody, but no matter what, it's perfectly normal and understandable. So yeah, these are some tips. And then the last thing is make sure you have someone to talk to, whether it's a parent, a friend, a sibling, or a school counselor, whoever it is that you go to. It can really help to be able to talk through it because instead of holding it inside, then you kind of get a chance to be able to like move on 
but you never have to accept it. You just have to be able to move forward and understand your grief a bit better, I guess is the way to say it. So yeah, um, that's just a small update. Sorry, this video or this episode was so sad, but yeah, that is updates for today. So thank you for listening. Um, yeah, bye.